Welcome to Let's Talk More Confidence, a podcast dedicated to providing you the knowledge to become more confident in your wellness journey. I'm your host, Aaliyah Irvin. So let's jump into today's topic. Hello, Confidence Squad. So we're here to talk about why is strength important? And oh, that just made me feel some kind of way. But before we get to our main topic, let's start with a check-in. So how are you feeling today? What's going on in your world? In my world, today I actually had uh, prolotherapy, which prolo is a injection. Um, it's basically sugar water, I guess. It's dextrose mixed with some other things that kind of makes your body seems like there's a new uh, injury to the place that the injection happens and um, it causes inflammation. So your body can uh, try to heal itself. So I have some hypermobility in my neck between C2 and C3. I have been seeing a physical therapist for what's today? A year. Wow. It's been a long journey. Um, I have tons of headaches. So I suffer from migraines. And if you are a migraine sufferer, then you know what that means. Um, I also have headaches. Like I have headaches if I don't eat. I have headaches if I'm tired. And um, I learned that I actually have headaches that stem from the neck. They're called cervical genital headaches. And so these headaches basically send shooting pain from the back of my head to the front. And before, 12 years ago, I had surgery to kind of decompress those nerves. And it took away the headaches for about 11 good years. And then they started to come back. And the bad thing about these is that they're consistent. So I was having headaches daily. First, we did um, a steroid injection to that site. And it made my headaches better. Um... But of course, like eight months later, they started to come back. And when they come back, it's not daily. It's like, oh, you wake up, you have a headache. And it doesn't matter. Like I have a neck pillow to kind of like make my neck feel better. Where was I going with that? I have problems with my neck. So therefore, um, I have prolo injections today in C2, C3. Um, C stands for cervical, if you didn't know. Um, little stiff, like my neck can't move as freely. I mean, it can, it's just going to hurt. Um, but other than that, I'm good. I'm good. So I will have two more injections. My next one will be in three weeks. And then after the second one, three weeks. And so we're hoping within that three weeks that I get improvement in my neck. Now we'll see if it helps the tremor, my expectation and my PT's expectation is it won't. You know, some people have the theory that like, you know, goes down into your neck, into your trap, into your lats, 
and this could heal it all. But I know from having the decompression surgery on my nerves that it did not help the tremors, only the headaches, which I will be forever grateful for because having daily headaches is, it's a bitch. What else is going on? So I actually watched this show on HBO called Baby. The show starts out wild. I'm not going to ruin it for anybody that wants to watch it because the first episode just came out this week. And sometimes I'm like, do I want to watch? Do I not want to watch? But I gave it a chance. And the way it starts out, crazy. And the story just has this big full circle, like, You get the beginning scene and then you get the next scene. I'm busy. Thank you. You know, kids, she hear me talking. She know I'm not here talking to myself. Okay. Anyway, so the beginning scene and then the next scene, you're like, how we go from one to the other? And then you see why we go from one to the other. It's good. It is HBO um I don't know what it's called the little information about the show tagline it says it's a darkly funny horror comedy yeah I would agree with that otherwise my knee has been bothering me it's my right knee it happens from time to time I don't know why I feel like I'm just getting old now I am 38 right And I always say, like, athletes age older than regular human beings. You know, we had a lot of stress on our body, especially depending on when you started running. Like, I started competing at the age of 11. You know, it rains. My knee starts to ache. I don't really know what's going on. I think it's like some tightness with my IT band and my shin. Anyway, I see an athletic trainer to get grass and done on my back because my throughout my uh, entire spine, it's just like messed up, right? So I have this hypermobility between C2, C3. Who knows what's going on in my thoracic? It's just like so tight along my erector spinae muscles that's the muscles right along your uh, spine and it it goes out into you know my shoulder blade and all that stuff and because my left side is so tight it pulls on my right side which makes that side tight and it goes down into my lumbar which I'm having some low back problems then my left hip is tight And I really think like when my left hip is tight, then my knee starts aching. But listen, that's way out of my scope. So I told my athletic trainer and he did some grass and work on my quad and my kneecap. I had no idea you get grass and done on your kneecap. And I'm just laying there thinking like, oh my goodness, this feels so lovely. Now, Graston and Lovely do not go into the same category. They're basically scraping your muscle fibers. And I have a high pain tolerance, so it really doesn't bother me. Like, I lay there unfazed. 
Also, my body is so tight, like, I don't think my body really knows what's going on either. But yeah, I loved it. I enjoyed it. It seemed to work some. I've also been using my TENS unit. I need my need to be okay because if this neck thing gets better, then I should be able to start running again, which I'm really excited about because I've missed running and I didn't realize that I would miss it so much until it's actually gone. Like you really just don't know how much you miss something until it's gone. That is what I'm trying to say. All right. Let's move on to our dry face. We're going to accelerate it here a little bit. So I'm just perusing through Instagram. And I actually like reading the comments. I always say reading is fundamental. But post, you know, some people's posts are really good. But then you go into the comments and you hear different people's opinions. So this organization, it's a Black-owned organization. They're doing a Juneteenth 5K. And so it's virtual, right? Virtual means that you pay for the race and you run it on your own whenever you can. The price point is $75. And I saw that and was like... Yeah, no, thank you. Um, I don't particularly care for virtual races. It's not like a good or a bad thing. I've done some. I've actually done a few. I'm actually going to do one this summer because the organization um, is an organization from back at home. And I love to support their cause. And so I've been doing the race Actually, it was one of my last races in Columbus before I left. So I will be doing that this July. And usually for a virtual race, the price point is between $35 to $40, maybe $50, depending on how jazzy the metal is. Um, And then with that price point, you typically get like a medal, a t-shirt, your bib, all that kind of thing. But then you have to run it on your own. And the reason I don't really care for virtual races is because I go to races because I like to race with my friends or I like to beat people. I mean, I was a college athlete. That is what I like to do. So when you go, when you sign up for a virtual race and you're running by yourself, I mean, you could get a group together. It's still not the same. A racing in-person environment is not the same as a virtual. So I always say like i I support virtual races for the cause of it. Now, I clicked because I wanted to support the cause of this race. But when I saw the $75, I was like, exit, back, 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 no thank you. But now that I've clicked on the link, it always shows up in my Instagram feed. That's how they get you. Anyway, this time I wanted to read the comments because I was like, maybe I'm just making this a bigger deal than I'm supposed to yep nope I wasn't alone in my feelings so I want to tell y'all what the one comment said that was like about the race so let me look it up I probably just deleted it out my phone so give me a second like I'm trying to be like more organized with what I'm doing and when I'm doing it. But I'm I'm working. Okay. 
So hopefully these are in order. Okay. Yes. So the first comment says something like, I've never paid $75 for a run, a virtual run. And I will not start now. That was my thought. So I was like, oh, I'm not alone. And then the company replies back, cool. Shipping alone for the shirt and the metal costs $10. Every single shipping company has raised the prices. And this is true. I went to the post office to mail a package and it was $21. And I was like, $21? That's a lot of money. But you can get flat rate shipping for about $6. I mean, it was. It's probably not anymore. Inflation is killing all of us. You know, it says the prices have increased. Let's subtract shipping. That leaves $65. The metal costs $10. So subtract that. I mean, we get it. $55. Now, this is where they kind of like throw in their like swag, right? A limited edition shirt that is premium and moisture wicking. Not the cheap cotton shirt that is screen printed. It costs $20. So that leaves $35. Now they're donating to two other organizations and they still have to pay tax on it, on the packages. So they're basically saying like, unless we want to give stuff away for free, that is the price. And so they then say they're open to suggestions. And the comment in return says, I'm not doubting the usage of the money. I know very well it's a lot. All I know is that this would be the most expensive virtual race that I've ever seen. In-person races for a cause aren't that expensive, which is true, especially for a 5K. So prices increase the hot, uh, the longer the distance is. So when you sign up for a race, you can sign up for a race at what four different price points depending on how many events they're having. So say it's a 5k, 10k, half marathon, full marathon. All those price points are going to be different. You essentially get some of them, like if it's a 5K, 10K, same metal. Half marathon, full marathon, same metal. Different t-shirts design. Some of them might be the same, but they're you pay more because it costs more to run longer. Police, uh, all those things are getting paid for because usually it's a road race. You have to shut down the road. And the most expensive race that I paid for was like a hundred and something dollars. And it was a vacation race and you got a lot of stuff out of it. Now it was a half marathon on top of that. I think the most I've paid for a 5k is $40 in person, maybe 50, maybe listen, I'm stingy with my money. Anyway. She kind of comments like, I just rather donate to the calls. And so they write back. We're not a nonprofit company, so we can't accept your donations. I don't know if that's true or not. But the cost of the registration includes the products, participation, uh, products that participant received plus the donation. 
So if you went to our site to buy our premium moisture wicking performance shirts plus a metal to be shipped, then you would have made a donation. It would be the same thing. We just packaged it, packaged it up as one transaction. Blah, 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 la, 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 la. I just want to get to this point. So it says, we can promise you that the $100 tights from Lululemon or the $150 running jacket from Nike won't include any giving back to these black organizations. So if the $75 for what we're doing is too much, we thank you for at least taking the time to look at our event. How you know they buy Lululemon and Nike? How do you know that? How do you know what they are wearing? They could be shopping at Old Navy, Walmart. Walmart got some cute activewear, Target. And it's all less than $100 and 150 Listen, I buy Nike. I love Nike. I shop discount. There are few instances where I will go and buy something at full retail price. I just said I will send you with my money. So that was your clap back. I don't get it. You're pushing more of your quality shirt, which $20 for a shirt is not that bad. $75 for a virtual race is bad. My suggestion, because they will be open for suggestions now, I didn't comment. I just screenshotted it and I'm talking to y'all about it. They missed the message. The race is high for a virtual race. And I would rather just give $35 directly to the organization if that is what you're donating to them. It is a wonderful cause. I love it. But at the same time, $75 is a lot and everybody can't afford that. So what are they supposed to do? Now, what they should have did is get sponsorship. You, You partner with someone, slap their name somewhere, and you get the shirt and the metal covered. So now that person is donating and paying for shipping of the items. That's it. But people don't want to do that work. See, if you're going to run a race, you have to run a race properly and correctly. Most of these places get sponsors. But you have to know the audience and the price point of the packaging. You just can't come out and push out a package and have runners look at it. I mean, we know what we know. I just feel like they missed the message. And I don't know. I don't know what else to say to that. I just feel like the response wasn't on point with what she was saying. She didn't even bring up the clothing price. It was just weird to compare. And it wasn't the only time they said that. They said that in multiple comments back about the Nike and Lululemon. And I get it because... I know people don't want to pay a price point for other luxury quality clothing unless the name is familiar. So I get 
why they're defensive. But $75 is a lot for a virtual race. That's all I am saying. And that's all she was saying. So you have to figure out how to bring that price point down. It's called sponsors. Get you some sponsors. Yeah. Okay. Why is strength important for runners? One, I think it's one of the most underrated things for runners. I remember when I first went to college and, you know, I the first thing I wanted to see was the weight room. I'm like, oh, where is the weight room? That hurts. I don't know why I'm shaking my head back and forth like that. Like, I just didn't get shot up in the neck. Uh, okay. Anyway, I was curious. I was curious what the weight room looked like. So it's something me and my roommate went and saw. And I will tell you, once we started lifting, you know, the only people that was in the weight room was sprinters. We rarely saw long distance runners at all. We didn't see throwers until we got a, a new coach. So some of the myths that come from weightlifting is that one of the big myths is that runners build their muscles from running. That is false. The truth of the matter is you need weight to build muscle. I mean, you can use your own body weight, but that's not the same thing as running. Running helps build bone density because of the pounding on the pavement. But running is cardio. It's not a resistance training at all. So you taking each step is actually breaking down your muscle and adding stress to it versus building strength and stressing in a different type of matter. I don't know. I don't know where that comes from. Probably because people see runners and be like, oh, your legs are so cut. Hey, guess what? You need strong arms and strong abs as well. The other one. So when I was in my training and I can't believe like we're in 2022 I heard this stuff in the early 20s when I was in college 2001 the faster you'll get faster if you're lighter listen I got a story I think it was my sophomore year it had to be man that coach had no business being a coach that's all I'm going to say. He had no business being a coach. I don't know why they hired him. Okay. So I was to school for exercise science if you don't know that. I don't know if that was my coach's actual degree. I don't think it was. But we had a nutrition class together. And then he ended up being my coach. My head didn't fully wrap around that, that notion. That kind of explains my reaction to when he says, Aaliyah. You need to lose some weight because you've gotten too big. I've been tall and thin all my life. Even when I put on weight, I was still tall and thin. Y'all, I I lost my, I lost it. Not really lost it. Like, I was very taken aback by his comment. So he said, Aaliyah, you need to lose some weight. I said, no, I don't. He asked, how much do you weigh? I said, you can't ask me that. Like, he thought I didn't know the rules 
or any of that. Now, when I came in, I was probably like 100 pounds, I guess. I don't know. I really didn't weigh myself a lot. I wasn't really too concerned about my weight in the terms of losing it. I needed to gain weight. I was like the smallest, one of the smallest people on the team because I'm tall and thin. Now, did I gain some weight? Yes. Was I happy about the weight I gained? Yes. It was in the places that I wanted them to be. And I was still thin. I was not shaped like any of the other black girls on the team. I felt like to be a sprinter, you really had to have like thick thighs and a big butt. And I did not have any of those things. So when this man told me I needed to lose weight, no, I didn't. I need to gain some more weight. Actually, I can't remember what else I said because I kind of like blacked out. But I did tell him that he wasn't allowed to say that. So then he backtracked and was like, we'll see how the season goes. Will we? Because I'm not going on a diet and I'm not losing no weight. Now, the fact of the matter was I had just picked up weight from lifting. In high school, yes, I lifted. But this was the first time that we actually had a structured weightlifting program. This was the first time that I lifted over the summer. It was also the first time that I got unlimited food. Let me tell you, before I got hurt my sophomore year, I was blazing. I <laughs> I had a six-pack that year, too. Oh, oh, All right, I'm getting off topic here. So when you tell people that they need to be lighter to be faster, that's not true. Speed plus strength equals power. I mean, I knew that because I had taken a... Uh, introductory strength training program I mean class because my degree was in exercise science my coaches tried to get away with a lot of stuff and I was just too cool for school because I was paying attention in my classes so if you want to be a sound runner then you need to be lifting weights and not just on your arms and core but your total body you need to have the type of strength that allows you to work less on your run. You have to use so much more energy when you are not strong because running outside is not running on a flat, even surface. There's hills. You have to control yourself on the downhill. You have to learn how to keep good form when you're tired. And that's all coming into play with strength training so another reason strength is important is because it just enhances your quality of life so you are protecting your joints from injury you are having better balance you're reducing your risk of fall because you have better balance you're building a better cardio health I know people um, just think of cardio activity as building cardiovascular health but strength training also provides that element you can have better flexibility and mobility I know that's something also that you're probably not thinking about because you probably see one end of the spectrum where someone is just lifting heavy weight and you know they have the big 
beefy arms that don't really move like they can't really reach around and grab anything but if you're having a very high quality strength program then you're actually going to enhance your flexibility and mobility within these programs it also corrects imbalances so if you are using very dominant muscles when you're running such as your quads and your calves then you're not really focusing on those smaller intrinsic muscles as you would when you're strength training so think of it as you know you have your glute and your glute is made up of more muscles than just the glute maximums you have the glute medians you have your uh what else you have your tfl you have your paraphemoris there's just a ton of muscles that make up the body and so when we typically do something continuously we're just working on those main muscles and so strength training can aid in helping with those imbalances that you have also improves muscle activation if you think about it you sit all day and your hip flexors become tight but if you um, lengthen those muscles and also strengthen it helps recruit those muscles that are weakened by you sitting down when you sit you know your hip flexors get tight and your glutes get weak so by strength training you're going to start increasing that glute strength you're going to lengthen out the hip flexors and then you're just going to have better muscle activation when you go out on that run also no brainer strength training improves waste times because I mean you're stronger so therefore you're going to be faster that's that's I think that's where I want to kind of leave it for today we're gonna head to that finish line strength training is important because it helps you run more efficiently and effectively it also helps prevent injury it also helps make you stronger which in turn makes running easier so let's be prepared to talk about what you can do for your body when you don't have access to a gym because i want to break down some of these barriers for runners so that's the show for today this might get aired it might not but we'll see I'll see you the next time. Thank you for listening to Let's Talk More Confidence. If you enjoyed today's podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. And don't forget to share with your friends. Let's keep in touch. Visit my website, aliyahirvin.com, or find me at the gram at Confident Aaliyah. Remember, confidence is a state of being. Until the next time.